to come. <laughs> Our scripture today comes from the book of John, chapter 4, verses 5 through 42. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. <clears throat> the woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, What do you want, or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. 
The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. Time. It's a thing, isn't it? We're all here today, uh, probably thanks to our, again, those things that we carry in our back pockets, right, that automatically change the time. Did y'all know that was, what is it, daylight? Anyway, we just spring forward, right? It's an amazing thing. It's not linear. Time is used a lot in my favorite verse, Star Trek, as we always jump through the time-space continuum. Quantum Leap has come back. Again, playing with time. What is time? I used to be married to somebody that kind of considered himself a political philosopher. And he never wanted to wear a watch. This is back when we wore watches. Never wanted to wear one. He's like, I do not need to know about time. I, I will just follow the sun. But then, if you were with him, guess what he was always asking you? Monica, what time is it? I don't know, go with, go, watch the sun. And then another thing we did, because, well, I guess you just do sometimes, because we were in the Midwest, we had never been, and he always wanted to go to a uh, Indianapolis time trials. What is that thing? The, 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 the Indianapolis 500. The, the cars, they race, vroom, vroom. Okay, that's right. So we went to Indianapolis, and we... Um, Watch the time trials. So this person who doesn't wear a watch had the most fun going with the stopwatch, and we watched these cars go through that it's not just a second, but that millisecond. And I'm like, whoa, this, this is what we call paradox, right? <laughs> Someone who most of the day doesn't says they don't care about time, but then loves to do it to the millisecond. Well, time. That's what Jesus is doing today with the Samaritan woman. He is spending time with her. Now, first, let's get to the setting. She is Samaritan, and he is Jewish. They are enemies. Flo, you and me have been to the River Jordan. The, there's an enemy across the river, isn't there? It's Jordan. And Syria, it's just, it's just, it all kind of happens. And then on this side is Israel. And in fact, to get to the River Jordan, where you do this amazing holy moment, you have to go through checkpoints. And there are signs all over the place that says, beware, there's things pointing at you from the other side. It's, again, it's this, mo yes, it's another moment of paradox. Well, let's go diddly diddly time travel back in time, right? Jesus 
and the, the Hebrews and the Samaritans were enemies. And they were on one side and the Jewish territory on the other. Jesus, on purpose, is going through Samaritan territory and walking. So he can run into a Samaritan. Now he runs into a Samaritan at Jacob's well. Now those of us that know biblical literature all know what it means when you're going to the well. It means it's a hubba-hubba moment. It is, it is the one place in this very segregated culture in which women and men could talk with each other. And it's interesting, this happens in daylight. Last week, Nicodemus, the privileged one, was talking to Jesus in the dark. But now today's setting is Jesus talking to a woman, the least of these, the last of these, someone not even considered a full citizen, and he's talking to her in the middle of the day. That is turning the tables right there, that he's willing to give her the time. So that's our setting. So first, we're already in a revolution just by this in the text. Now they're actually having a conversation. Do anybody, do any of you, let's try my English, do any of you have anyone in your life who loves to tell them, let's see, how do I do this? They love to tell you about them. And then they're done. <laughs> and then they move on. Right, Miley? Right, I know. So I've got three or four friends that kind of, like, we get on the phone and they start talking. La, 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 la. Okay, thanks, Monica, bye. Now, I'm kind of in my life of resurrection here with you at Fairview, kind of, kind of decided who I don't need to do that with anymore <laughs> because time is sacred, time is important, and I'd rather be spending time with people that I engage with. So, but I just kind of laugh when I'm done with that kind of conversation. I'm like, okay, well, well, they're done. <laughs> so Jesus is also taking the time to know this person. She's not just a woman, a poor woman, a poor mixed-race enemy woman getting water in the middle of the day, they start having a conversation. And because she's a woman and women sort of perceive things, she can tell already by the way he's dressed, you're not one of me. Wait a minute, I've been hearing about this guy. In fact, last week, John says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. This is Jesus walking the walk. Oh, right. The world means Samaritans, too. Women, too. Oh, both are kind of ostracized in our culture. So again, Jesus walks over to the other side in enemy territory to say, you are of the world, and you get to have the water that I bring. Again, we live in the desert, although we're getting the Seattle teas still. But we live in the desert. We know how important water is, don't we? Especially we in the desert. So water, again, is significant as a real thing and as a metaphor. And then, don't you love how it's the deep well? It is hard work to get water from a well. Amen from anyone who ever lived in the country. Or if you live in Rome, Italy today, you still have to go get fresh water. I've done it with my cousins. They're public. But you got to go to these cisterns. They pour the water. You're t going with your, um, your canisters. It's a thing. It's a thing we would do on Sunday afternoon as cousins and family. Let's go get water. Still, today, it's hard work. Of course, that's why it was left for the women, right? 
So she's doing her hard work. He's always like, stop, stop, stop. I am bringing you water. And being a woman, she perceives things quickly. <laughs> and she's like, wait, wait, you mean more than what I have to labor for? And he goes, yes, this is a deep, deep water. It's a water of life. It's water for you, a Samaritan woman who's been ostracized. Okay, so now she's been like, oh, well, this is heavy. I, I got to go home. I got to go home. I got to go be with my husband. Then he's like, no, or I got to go home. And he says, it's not right for you to say husband, right? Because you indeed have been married five times. Now let's talk about weddings and marriages in these times, shall we? Again, this text, in, in fact, will probably be used in churches not too far away from here to say how scandalous the woman was. What a, I don't even know the words because I don't want to, but you know, she's, a, she's loose, maybe. No, marriage was insidious back then. Marriage was an exchange of property. So, right? We, 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 always, we always try to make Mary, you know, Mary the mother of Jesus, this wonderful... Well, she was a teenager. Most of us would have been in crisis if in our society today. The society then, teenagers got married. Teenage girls got married. They were betrothed to adult men. It was a property exchange. Then, as we've seen in Scripture, she is now part of that family, the male family. So some scholars, especially some women scholars, and then some Jewish women scholars have gone through about, so if you are married to somebody and you don't have kids, you don't have a family to take care of you. So if she was married to her first husband, her first husband dies, they don't have any children, she's no longer part of that family. She's left out. So she gets married again so she can be part of a family. They may not have had kids. He may die. He's probably going to die before her because he's about 20 to 30 years older than her. So not going to work. Then another situation she could be in. They do get divorced because Jesus does say something about divorce. He says don't do it. But he says don't do it this way because in divorce in the Middle East at this time, a man could say, I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you, and they're divorced. So Jesus, knowing that this woman is indeed alone and has had to have many ways at which to do family, at which to be safe, but then is getting ostracized, not because of who she is, but the system she's in. Can any of us be familiar with that? Yes. Yesterday I got to see Barbara Ron Taylor. She's a... a a scholar. I'm going to say more about her in the weeks to come. But one of the first things she talked about, indeed, in our what's going on in our country right now, is the rise of hate crimes. She said 9,000 people were affected by hate crimes, oh, FBI statistics um, from 2020, and sh she went down the list. But what I'm just going to say here in this room. All of us. I look at all of us in any way that we identify. Someone has hated on us. So, there's hate in the world, isn't it? But Jesus says, I know it's the system. I know to love you, and you are beloved. Then come the disciples. Oh, my gosh, these guys are the densest guys on the planet. Are they not? Hey, Jesus. 
here we are. We've been serving you. We're cool. We're becoming rock stars. Everyone knows us. Do you need some food? What's happening? Like, what, what, what you been doing? You've been talking to her? But yet, and then I love this because this is so Midwest nice, but they don't say anything to him <laughs> directly. Oh, I know, Miley, I know. And, and so then, but they're judging. They're being judgy. Jesus talked to her. Well, Jesus turns that around. Not only did he talk to her, she went and told others, and he wanted her to, about him. That's a little foreshadowing. There's another part. There's another part in the gospel that this happens where the woman and the women are the tellers of the gospel to bring good news to the world. Gosh, that Jesus trusts women. Love that guy. So she goes, she tells people, people are amazed, but then they don't really do anything because then later in the story, it's the disciples who go and say, look at the very bottom line. They don't believe her, but they listen to them. How many of us have been through that, ladies? You know, you're at the meeting, you say the really wise thing, then the guy next to you says exactly what you said. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. So here's the thing. There's so much hate in this world. Jesus knew it, Jesus knows it. But there's not hate here. Jesus was really big on what is your intention? How do you want to be in this world? People make mistakes. So I realize I've been talking a lot about women. Men, does that mean I don't love you? Does that mean I don't have enough room for you? Okay, we know the answer. No, Monica, you have plenty of room for us. Yes. I'm just saying the plight of people. If I say that a black life matters, does, do I think that others don't? No, I'm just acknowledging that someone hasn't been paying attention. What is your intention? I have a very good friend uh, back in Illinois. That we're both clergy, and so uh, we usually do holidays together, right? Because we can't do them exactly when you do them, so we like do it the day after, we do. And so I've been doing that, and um, I'm like the, I'm, the joke is, I'm the third daughter, favorite daughter, like the one that wasn't raised by them, but I'm the favorite now. And, and so we're at, one, we're at a gathering, family gathering, and uh, the mom and dad say, we're talking about their grandson, who is gay, and we're talking about folks who are uh, LGBTQI, and, and, uh, are not being accepted and not being accepted in the church. Gosh, can you still believe we have that fight? Yes. But, um, but they said the gay, or the grandpa said the gay. And I didn't say anything. We just kept talking. We just kept talking. My friend, who I'm like the older sister to, she goes, Monica, why did you not call out my, my dad? I go, because his intention wasn't evil, wasn't mean. He just had a slip of a, of, what is a the? What is what is that? The? Is that a preposition? I don't know. Whatever the is. Oh, it's an article. Okay. So he just had a problem with an article. He doesn't not love his grandson. He doesn't not love LGBTQI people. He doesn't not support his daughter, who's leading the only LGBTQI Methodist church in central Illinois and getting in a lot of trouble for it. 
He watches her every day and supports her. He just had a problem with his article. Jesus tells the difference between intention and intention. So as we grow, as we keep inviting, like, let's use humor to help each other. Like, thank you. Not all of us can stand, can we? That's okay. We just say stand as you're able. Or maybe sometimes we'll sit and join those who sit. Remember, I was in a wheelchair for five months. I know about not being able to stand, and it's helped me become, hopefully, a better pastor. So let us remember it's the intention. Jesus intentionally went into enemy territory to acknowledge and call a woman by her name and say, I love you and I call you beloved. Jesus had patience with his dense disciples. And he will keep having to have patience with his dense disciples, reminding them this isn't about being a famous rock star. There's going to be consequences to following me. We might have consequences too because we live a little bit differently than others. We try not to be judgy. We make mistakes, but we make mistakes in love. And I would encourage us, let's just keep making mistakes in love. Calling one another by name and saying, you are beloved. So in these next few weeks, as we keep preparing for Easter, let's remember we are part of the story. But then Jesus has asked us, we tell the stories to others and invite them into this sanctuary in Orange County, that indeed, when we say the door is open, we mean that the door is open to all. Amen? Amen. Amen. Is it a song? <laughs>